Most people don't really know where they're heading to in their lives. And you may say this is an arrogant statement, but you know when you go and ask virtually every person, what is their vision for their lives? They will not be able to tell you, or they will give you some vague answer, but they will not have a clear cut and even in a picture or a vision board form, know where they're really going to. And you as a leader have the opportunity to basically be the eyes, the hands, the feet, and even the voice of our current generation. And this is what we're talking about today because you have an obligation to say yes and your children and your children's children are counting on you. So stay tuned until after the intro so that you can understand why you have an obligation to say yes. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. Hello, this is Yanni from the Rise and Shine show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're digging deeper into the topic of you have an obligation to say yes. Now, what does this mean? We're going to dig deeper into this so that you understand what I'm saying to you, because it is so important that your children and even your children's children are counting. They are depending on you and what you do with your life. Now, at, at face value, it may not look so, it may not look that important, but it's very, very important. And I need you to please listen to this message. And even if you have to take notes, please take notes and make sure that you know where you're heading to in your life. Because if you don't know what your purpose in life is, what you've been born for, you may miss what you have really been born for and what you've been created for because I need what you have and many other people need what you have. So it's important to know right from the beginning why you were created, why man was created. And I don't know exactly what your purpose is, but from what I'm sharing with you, you will know and understand how to find out what God's purpose is for your life. Because most people don't know where they're heading to. And again, when you look at the surface, it may not seem so. But the moment you start speaking to people and start asking a little bit deeper questions, then you will realize that that person doesn't really know where they're going to. Especially if you're asking them, what is your life goal? What have you been born for? What have you been set out to do with your life? 99.9% of the people will not know what they are born for. And that is not so cool because it's as if you're driving to a very distant city and you don't know really where the city is. You don't know how to get there. So you just get in your car and you just go there. We don't do that. You need a roadmap. And that is really some of the pointers that I'm going to give you. I'm not going to speak specifics, you know, like um, setting up vision board and so on. But um, we may get to that at some stage. But just as long as you know why we've been created, what um, God's plan was for you and I, for man, when he, when he made us in his image, then it'll be easier for you to move on. And saying that, 
you as a leader, you can actually be the, the eyes, the hands, the feet, and even the voice for your generation. So it can be for you, just for your children, for your family, but it should actually spill over and it should include people around you, people in your community, and, and even, even wider than that, depending on how deeply you get involved. Now, I'm going to start off with, with a proverb. Now, there's a proverb that says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you would have heard part of this. You would have most probably heard the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And that's what many people basically sitting and waiting for. But that's just the B part of what this proverb says. This proverb says in the first part, the A part, it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that's what I'm talking about. And we look sometimes at wealth, most of the time, actually, I think, we look at wealth as just financial stuff. But wealth is much deeper than that. Wealth really includes everything. It, it looks at the quality of your life. And again, you know, when you look at quality of life, it's only when you really have a purpose that there is inequality of life. When you look at older people that, that's retired, they don't have any purpose anymore, or they don't feel welcome anymore, they don't feel needed anywhere, and they're just sitting there, and they're just basically just fading away. And that's not how we're supposed to be. Because for myself, for me, I don't look at retirement. Because when I look around me and I look at some of the, the old leaders, many of those people never retired because they don't want to they didn't want to retire because they understood that if they step back, there's something of a void around them. And if you can understand this point today, you've really gained a lot because you have something that not only your, your own generation, the same people of the same age group as you need, but there are younger people. And if you're young, there are older people that need what you have and each one of us are like that it's like a family you know the children are there and when they're very little they they depend on everything um, on their parents but the parents also get so they so um, love the children that it's almost as if they cannot live without the children anymore and that's really how we've been made we've been made as that family as that that body who's interdependent on each other. And so when we look at the wealth that is spoken about here, it's much wider than that. It's really those relationships and the difference that you can make in people's lives. Because in, in today's, especially in the Western uh, culture, everything is so self-centered. It's just what I can get out of it, what, and everybody, just wants to accumulate. And there's nothing wrong with um, gathering things. Please don't get me wrong. But that's not the sole purpose of why you and I have been created, why God made us. So saying that, let's go right to the beginning in Genesis 1. 
Now here in verse 26, I'm going to um, take a look at, at that verse first. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let man have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now look at this carefully. God made you and me in his image and after his likeness. So you and I are really supposed to be a representation of God here on the earth. And this is important to, to note. And the next thing that's important to note, God gave us dominion over all the created stuff, the fish, the, the animals, over the earth, every creeping thing. He doesn't say there, you and I have to have dominion over people. And when you look around you right now, you will see how people have dominion over other people. People manipulate people, they lie to people, and they do all kinds of stuff to get things from people without really benefiting those people. And that is not why God made you and me. He made us so that we can have dominion over the stuff and so that we can use the stuff and use that to our own benefit and to the benefit of everyone around us. And that's a very important point. You may know this. If you didn't, I trust that you will just make a, a note of this, a mental note. And then the next verse, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created man, male and female, he created them. So God, when he made man initially, there was only one body. But in that body, there was both male and female. And it's important to note that there was only male and female. There were no other genders. It was only those two genders. Verse 28, God blessed man them, he actually said them, so he blessed both of them and said to them, this is the first point, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the first thing that God says, be fruitful. And many people think this is, you know, you have to go and uh, make babies and, and that way be fruitful. But that is not what God is saying here. He says, take what you have, what I made you for, what I created inside of you. Take that and be fruitful and multiply. Multiply what I've put inside of you. And that is why it's so important. And you will know for yourself, if you do not fulfill a specific purpose, it feels as if there's no meaning to your life. It feels as if you're just floating. You can just sit and watch TV all day long or just don't do anything, don't think, no nothing. And many people think that is really relaxation, but it's not. They, they're not fulfilled because they get tired of that. At this point, let me just give you an example here. When I was much younger, I had this idea that, you know, um, I want to make a lot of money and then I basically just want to go to the beach and I want to go wherever I want and I wanted to basically do as little as possible, set up a bunch of stuff that money is just generated. And you know what? 
most of those things didn't realize because it was not in line with what God wanted for me and for my life. And then at one stage, at that time, I could still accumulate uh, a vacation leave. And I had a lot of time off. So it, um, we went away for six weeks on a six-week trip, on a road trip. And you know what? I thought I will never even want to come back. But after about four and a half, five weeks, I started missing my, my work that I, that I did at that time. And I wasn't even that happy at what I was doing. But this is just to illustrate to you, even after that period of time of just floating around. And in, I mean, we enjoyed it. I mean, the nature and everything where we went was, was incredible. But I was looking forward to go back and go back to work. And I think that's just an illustration of being in a place where I somehow realized, but that I've still got a purpose and there was no purpose. I was just enjoying everything. I was enjoying nature and all these things, but that was not the real purpose why I was created. And the same with you. And then here in Genesis 2, I want to show you this, which this is also quite important and very interesting. If you haven't seen this before, I trust that you will be really um, blessed by this. In verse 5 of Genesis 2, it says, In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and listen, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. So there was nothing on the, on the, on the face of the earth yet. Because God did not um, basically give water and rain to the earth. So nothing sprouted out yet. But it was also not there because there was no man to cultivate the ground. So God made everything so that you and I can cultivate the ground. In other words, so that you and I have a purpose here on earth. We were not just made to float around and just basically, of course we are created to have a good time but you understand what I'm saying not to be just floating around not doing anything with any purpose that's not why you and I were created and then verse 15 says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till and to keep it do you hear what I'm saying so again here just in a few verses later so that was verse 15 God, it says here, God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden, which God planted, this Garden of Eden, to till the garden and to keep it. Isn't that cool? So you have a purpose. Right from the beginning, God didn't just make us so that he can just make something. And even the animals and stuff, he made the animals so that they can serve you and me. He made all the stuff so that it can serve us. And when you look at society today and even at technology, there are people that are using the technology not to serve you, but basically to dominate you. And it, it's the wrong way around. It's 180 degrees opposite of what these things were created for. We can uh, make things and use things, but it must always benefit us. It must always work for you 
and not against you and try to manipulate you and to track you and to uh, just manipulate you into to do things that you don't want to do or that you're not supposed to do. That's the wrong application of anything. And then here's another, just one, one, two more verses here in Genesis 2. It says, out of the ground, verse 19, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. So Adam, even then, had a purpose. He had to name every animal, every beast. And God didn't do it. This is the important thing. God didn't do it. He brought them to man so that man could call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. God didn't call them by these names. God didn't give them names. Man did it. That's how important you and I are on the face of this earth. God have a specific thing for you and you've got an obligation to say yes to what God has for you. Otherwise, if Adam didn't want to do what God told him to do here, to name these animals, these animals would have just be, oh, what is that? No, I don't know. It, it sounds ridiculous to, to us today, but that's really what it, what it boils down to. And then verse 20, Genesis 2, the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. You see, there is just another confirmation that God had a specific thing. He didn't just make us, and then he wanted to be in control of everything. That's why he made us, and he gave us dominion over this planet, over this earth. And that is the reason why God will not just step in. People, for example, they can say when storms and everything come, usually they say it's an act of God. It's not. God put this earth under your control, my control. And there are evil forces and there are other things that are happening. And you and I have the, the authority, but also the obligation to control these things. I think it's, it's so exciting to know these things that we cannot just say, oh, Lord, you just do this stuff. He's not going to do it. And you'll see as we go um, further, you'll see how God gives us, gives you as a leader, the leader that he created you to be. He gives you specifics that he wants you to do. And although it's, it's almost like a general um, calling on your life but you have something specific because you're unique your fingerprints are unique your eye print everything your DNA is totally unique there's no one else that looks like you that functions like you that are like you no one and God knows you for example here in Jeremiah 4 verse 5 and I'm just using Jeremiah as an example so that you can just see God says to Jeremiah, yeah, he says, Before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, you and I may not be prophets to the nations, but this is just to show you that God knew Jeremiah. And that goes for you. He knew you. He knew me before we were even born 
in our mother's wombs or formed even in our mother's wombs, um, God knew us and he called and ordained you for something specific. Something specific that only you can bring forth. And this is just a side note, but I just want you to think for a moment. Just sit back and just close your eyes and just think. All the children throughout the ages that's been killed, little children. Nowadays, there's so many children that are being killed in, in, in the mother's wombs. Just think about that. Think that each one of those um, human beings, because they are human beings, the moment conception takes place, it's a human being. And all those millions of little children that were killed, just think, each one of them had a specific purpose here on the earth. So you and I are actually lacking. We are missing out on so much because all those little ones were killed. And that's why this is so important. Like we said in the beginning, you've got an obligation toward your children and your children's children to say yes. That's what I'm calling on you today. Please take up this obligation. Take up your, your, um, your calling and say yes. Yes, I will do what I've been called for, what I've been born for. Because no one else can do what you are supposed to do. Okay, so now let's go to Mark 16. And um, many people know this. When you were born again Christian, you would have heard most probably of this. And this is what people many times refer to as the Great Commission. And here in verse 15 of Mark 16, Jesus says himself, he says, to, to the disciples, to the people there. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And this is how individual people are being brought into the kingdom. And that's most probably how you got into the kingdom as well. If you're not born again, if you're not a child of God, please make a decision and say, Jesus, here I am. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Because it's only through you that I can fulfill my purpose. Please, here I am. I turn my life over to you. And please give me direction. It's as simple as that. And, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And here it's important to note. God doesn't say he will condemn that person. In, a, in a, another place in scripture it says that person actually condemns himself. But, and here he says, but he who does not believe will be condemned because he didn't believe. He didn't believe that Jesus is the, the son of the living God and he came to die for your sins, for my sins. And then he goes on, he says, these signs will accompany those who believe. So this is for everyone. He doesn't say this is just for the disciples or the apostles of that time. It's not just for pastors and all these people that uh, we many times place on little pedestals. It's not for them. He says, for every believer, he who believes. So if you believe, this is for you. And it says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
this is what Jesus promises. He says, this is what you and I have to go and do. We have to go out. We have to look after people. We have to get these people cleaned, all the stuff that's sitting on them, demonic influences and what, break it off, set them free. That's what you and I have. And that's what you and I are purposed and called to do. And then in verse 19, just the next verse, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And number, verse number 20 of Mark 16, then they went forth and preached everywhere. So they took this message out that Jesus gave them. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And this is part of our message today. God has called you and me to do his work here on the earth. He cannot just step in. He will not just step in. He said, I've called you to do it. So if he wants to do anything here on the earth, we have to be open and do it for him. He doesn't leave us alone, just like he says here. He works with us. And that is exactly what happens. When you start walking this walk and the things start opening in front of you, God does the work but he does it through you. He needs you. He needs me. He needs a body here on the earth to do these things through us. And the reason why this is so important, and I'm just going to touch on a few more points here, is because God has specific stuff for us to do. And he doesn't just want us to look after our own things. Now, I'm going to use here an example from uh, the book of Haggai. In chapter 1, the Lord actually he reprimands the people because what they started doing God gave them a command and he said I want you to rebuild the temple now this was after the whole nation was was carried away because they were disobedient to God and people came other nations came and they were taken away against their will to to different countries but now God sent some people back and he says I want you to go and rebuild my temple but when they got there there was a lot of opposition and they decided because of all this opposition we're not going to continue doing this and what did they start doing they started building their own homes and they left God's uh, home they left that and they didn't uh, finish that they didn't even work on that but they just worked on their own stuff and that you can also see around us people are so I mean they, we, we all want fancy things we want a fancy house there's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. But what is my, my aim? What is my goal? What is my purpose? What am I doing every day to do what God called you for? That is the question. That is the focal point of where we are. And the Lord says here in verse 2, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hag by Haggai the prophet saying, verse 4, Is it time for you yourselves to live in paneled houses while the house lies in ruins, this house of God? Verse 5, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them into a bag with holes. 
So what he's basically saying here, because you didn't do what I called you to do, you tried a bunch of stuff and it didn't work because it's not in line with what God called them to do. So everything that they did, it just ended up in smoke, basically, if you can put it that way. But now, the moment they decided, yes, we will change, we were wrong, now we will do what God wants us to do. Immediately, they didn't even start yet. And immediately, God turned around everything for them. Listen to this. This is Agai 2 verse 15. Now consider from this day onward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord, from those days when one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. So here he's, he's just painting a picture of how it was. They wanted 20 um, measures and there were only 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. So there was much less than what they expected. I struck you and all the labor of your hands with blight and mildew and hail, yet you did not return to me. And then he says in from verse 18, he says, Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day when the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? He says, is there anything? And there was nothing. He says, but is it, still, is it yet in the barn? As of yet, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Just because they made a decision. So the moment you make a decision to go with what God wants for you and what he has for you and what he's got planned for you, the moment you say yes, everything starts changing. Isn't that cool? I, I think this is amazing. We're almost done. I'm just going to share um, a few things uh, with you here. In the Old Testament, look how God provides for what he wants you to do. In a previous episode, I mentioned that when God tells you to do something, or he calls you to do something, he, all the provision is already there. Now, here in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, But you must remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to get wealth. And many people, again, stop there and say, oh, wow, God gives me the ability to get wealth. And they just want to uh, bring it into their own storehouses just for themselves. But listen what he says, the beaver part of this verse. So that he, so that God may establish his covenant, or in today's terms, his uh, kingdom, which he swore to your fathers as it is today. So that's why the Lord brings wealth, so that he can look after you, but that they can also uh, do and accomplish what he wants to establish his kingdom here on the earth. And then in the New Testament, just to show you the New Testament side, what Jesus said, he said, seek first the kingdom. And this is what he says in Matthew 6 verse 31. He says, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Look what he says here. And in some, some Bible translations, this, is, this part is not, but it's still 
interesting to me that it's in there. He says, for the Gentiles, the people that do not know God, seek after these things. In other translations, it says they lust after these things. But your heavenly Father know that you have need of all these things. So they lust after it. But when you first seek the kingdom of God in his righteousness, he gives it to you because he knows you need it. So if you need equipment to take something out, a message that God has for you, or something that you need to do, God knows that you need it. You don't have to lust after it. And that is so cool. And then verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you. You don't have to lust after it. You don't even have to work for it. God says he will give it to you. Therefore, take no thought about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought about the things of itself. And this is really the whole thing that I feel in my heart I needed to share with you today so that you can understand the importance of your birth. Because even before you were born, God had you in mind. He knew you. He knew what you looked like. He knew what he wanted you to do. And it's your decision. So please, 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 please take this, uh, this calling on your life. Please take it serious and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. And you will see a transformation, not only in your own life, but also the lives of your family, your immediate uh, contacts, the people that you are in contact with every day, they will begin to see the difference in you. They will see the difference that you make and they will follow your example. That's just how it works. But you need to take up this challenge. Your children and your children's children are really, they're depending on you. They're counting on you. And God is counting on you because he cannot do it himself. He works through you. He works through me. And that is how he's working in this earth. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this message and subscribe to this podcast. And just help me to get the message out. You can also go to my website, sunshineharvest.com. S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com. And you can help me financially there if the Lord is really laying that on your heart. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.